You don't just start playing baseball and then instantly make it to the major leagues. You have to work hard to get there. You have to have a game plan to get yourself to be the MVP. The Most Valuable Producers podcast is not for the average agent. You can't be average to become the MVP. Just like in the big leagues. You can't just be a one or two or three tool player. You have to be a five tool player to become the MVP. You can make a difference in someone's life every single day in this job, in this career, in this industry. What's your game plan? This is your host of the show, Mitch Gibson. You are listening to the MVP Podcast. What is going on, MVP Podcast? It is your host, Mr. Mitchell Reed Gibson. Not sure why I just said my full name, but I thought I'd change it up a little bit. Um, got a special guest today. I'm, I'm excited about this one because you guys know, you guys who listen to the show know I love technology, know I love innovation, but even better, it's awesome to find out and see and learn about new tech that's been created for the independent channel, for the independent agent that can help you succeed. This guest today is a new insure tech startup. She comes from us um, as the CEO and co-founder of Iris InsureTech, and it is the infamous, the beautiful, and the most hardworking female I think I've I've talked to in a long, long time. This is Margot Giles. How are you, ma'am? I am wonderful. That was a really good intro. I'm, I might I record that and just play that every time I walk into a room. <laughs> I had someone. I had someone not too long ago ask, "Hey, could you just could you just follow me around and introduce me like just that?" Just hype me up, time? man. I'm like, yeah, every time. Well, the price is right. Everybody needs a retirement <laughs> job at some point. So I guess I hey, could, we're a startup. But... Okay, it'll be. <laughs> It'll be for cloud only. Hey, I'll take the cloud once when, when cloud's there. You get, you got to take advantage of it while you can have it. But you know, Margo, Margo, I really want to start off here before we get into talking about you and kind of where you are at in the industry, uh, where you come, where you came from, what you've built, the relationships that you've built along the way. I like to kickstart things off with five rapid fire questions. I used to do this at the right. end, but I'm like, why am I doing something at the end to grab people's attention from the beginning? So with that being said, we're going to rock these five rapid fire questions starting right now off the rip. First answer that comes to your head, let it fly. <laughs> and this makes okay. this fun. First one, what is your favorite color? Green. <laughs> Touche. You're probably the first person a, that said green. It's a green pink combo, but it's okay. less. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in with that. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? It's totally random. It's goat cheese and cherry. Next guest, please. <laughs> I'm, <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. If you could, <laughs> if you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, I'm going to go cheesy and say my husband. Ooh, I, Aww, we, we never get to Aww. see each other because we work, but I, he's my role dog and we laugh the whole time we're together. So I think that's awesome. He's the one. Yeah. Love that. That's a great, great answer. And you can't get in trouble for that one as well. So I like that, exactly. like that answer. <laughs> if you could travel or visit anywhere for vacation in the world, where would you go? I want to go back to Iceland. I love Iceland. That mm. place. Did you get to see the Northern Lights? We didn't. We didn't see it. We, we always saw like a baby Northern Lights, but I'm I'm totally down. I want to. I want to go back. Well, you're. That's you're like the second or third person that's told me or said that they that it's a it's a trip you need to you need to go you on or go. a bucket list item. So that's going to yeah. be on the top of my bucket list. Um, <laughs> my last question, one of my favorite questions. The reason why I ask is because everybody's got something they're struggling with. Sometimes some people get kicked in the teeth. Some people, you know, struggle with the same thing every day, whether it's disability or whether it's just consistent stress um, in the workplace or in the real life. So with that being said, if you had one piece of advice for someone out in the world, whether it's something you've been told, someone that's inspired you, what's one thing, one piece of advice you could give to somebody out in the world who's getting kicked in the teeth or struggling? Oh, every, every wonderful thing that's ever happened to me in my life has 
come from being uncomfortable. So every time I'm uncomfortable or if I'm pushing myself or stressed, it's because I'm getting ready to go like over that hill into something new and awesome that I never would have experienced had I not been uncomfortable in the first place. <laughs> well, that's, no, I think that's, the, that's a great way to put it. I had someone tell me something similar a couple yep. years ago, become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Constantly. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's something as simple as, you know, we, we're building out this indie tech, the indie tech showcase experience coming up here in August. And we had our steering committee last week. We were, we were, we were discussing, you know, putting more, getting the content out and our content plan and marketing schedule and whatnot. And everybody in the steering committee had has a job to do a video answering two or three different questions that we've got on this list of why the indie tech showcase experience is important. Well, there's people on there that don't want to do a video. Like, well, can we do a blog instead? Me, call me a mean word or what? I said, no, do a video. Yeah. And I'm not doing that to be mean. It's more so just you need to become more comfortable with doing that stuff as that's kind of, that's where we're headed, right? That's if you're not doing video stuff now, you're, you're behind the game a little behind. bit. So, yeah. you know, getting, getting people in that situation where they can feel like one, their voice is heard, but also two, getting them out of their comfortability shoes is, is highly important. And I'm sure that's something that you've had to learn along the way here, especially the last within the last 18 to 24 months, building a new product. It, a piece of technology is not easy, right? It comes with, it's come with, comes with its struggles. And I, I'd say, I'd say, you know, I'd be stupid for not saying that you didn't struggle during those times and, and adversity. So I guess kind struggling of, kind today, of, I'm on the struggle bus this morning. Like we're, <laughs> It's, it's every single day. And, and, and I will, t- I will ask you this another question. I know there's five rapid fire, but I'm gonna throw a six one in here. What types of things do you do when you face adversity that help you get through it? Is there certain like tactics that you try to do? Maybe I'm going to slow things down and write things down. I like to, you know, put them on a whiteboard, whatever the issue is. I also had someone once tell me if it's something difficult that you don't, that you don't want to do, if you don't do it within the first 90 seconds, you're going to wait until the next day or you're going to continue to procrastinate on it. Is there any helpful hints that you have for people who are, you know, feel like they uh, need a little, I guess, kick, kick in their feet behind? I, I am the worst because I am a procrastinator, but I feel like I do that because I work incredibly well under pressure. So I like the pressure. The pressure ends up, it kind of focuses me, the stress will focus me a little bit. Um, so put it all off until the end, then don't, don't do that. But a lot of times I think what I, the tool that I use most when I'm, when I'm getting really under, you know, under pressure is probably meditation. I know that sounds really like new agey, but, um, even if it's five minutes, I'll pop my headphones on and I'll just try to focus on being in the, in the now. Cause my mind is always like, what are we doing next week? What am I doing tomorrow? Cause it's constantly forward looking but sometimes just focusing on like, you're here, you're now, you're fine. Now let's keep going. So either <laughs> if you're like me and you work well under pressure, just wait till the last minute. If you're not, and you need some, some of that time to take, I would say throw some music on and just breathe for a little bit and then move on. The reason why I want you, want you to go from, you know, CSR days of Margo to, you know, CEO, CF, whatever, whatever you want to name yourself is this, this new entity, right? With Iris making your way through those 15 years, give us some key points and things that you have, I guess, I guess, worked on, worked at your businesses that you've had and which led you to starting Iris because the things that you experienced previously to Iris is something that 
is what what makes iris iris right and i think that this this will go hand in hand with what we'll discuss oh, yeah. here in a second so bring us up to speed take us back to csr days and why you became and why you started iris insure tech yeah i mean i started as a csr about 15 years ago at a small agency local you know community agency they were mostly personal lines at the time um and wanted to grow revenues and um you know not that I, I'm I'm a natural sales rep, but with insurance, I really gravitated more towards like the process. Like, how do we get from A to B? Um, you know, what's the most efficient way? And at that time, you know, 15 years ago, it was paper, it was filing cabinets, it was carbon copies, um, and you know, getting data in and processing it and and learning the commercial side and going through and trying to learn commercial. It's still astounding to me. Sidetrack note that the processes that I was doing 15 years ago are still predominantly overall the processes that are happening today, which is wild for any industry to say that. But, you know, I, I've taken more operational routes. So I went, I kind of grew up through the agency, ended up becoming like COO operations, bought the agency from the previous ownership, took ownership of the agency and really wanted to like put it into hyperdrive. And I knew we had to get rid of some of these manual process. If I wanted a 5X revenue and I didn't want a 5X overhead, I, we had to figure something out. And we looked at everything. But eventually, I went out on the market. And at the time, you know, I'm probably going to get killed for this, but we, we had applied Epic. And, you know, I had like a short list of five or six things that I really wanted to do. And I couldn't do any of them on the technology that was offered at the time. You know, simple things like, I wanted to do some foreign forecasting. You know, we wanted website forms to come in pre-filled and sent to Raider. Like at that point in time, none of those things were, were available. And um, I just didn't see a way to get to my goal with the agency, with what with the tech stack that we had. Um, so I went out and like, I was like, I'm ready to buy. Like, here's my money. Take my money. I'm a good, cl- like, let's do the thing. And I just couldn't find anything that fit the bill. But to to kind of backtrack, we really wanted to find something off the shelf that worked technology wise. And we searched and it just wasn't available. It was like, we could get, you know, half of the way there with this tech and a little bit more with this tech. And so we ended up doing what I think everybody does now was kind of daisy chain technology together and try to figure out a way to get data from here to here to here and through a whole process. Um, and it just wasn't working. So we went out and got um, at the time Salesforce and I kind of sat down, buckled in, and just learned how to develop software that way. And it was a good starting platform for us. But even then, I was running into some some issues with Salesforce. But how, how long I ago mean, was just, this? When when did when did you when did you decide that I was going to start going with the Salesforce route? Probably how long ago? about just, six or seven years ago. Okay. The reason why yeah. I asked to give some perspective to the listeners as far as hey, because we talk about all these indie tech companies, right? All these independent technology companies that are made by and made for independence by independent agents. That's prior to this big indie tech rollout, right? Like, Oh yeah, this is early. Please put your thinking caps on in that perspective real quick. So sorry to interrupt, but I don't get to reel these listeners back in. Yeah. It's good to point out that, you know, at that time, you know, that was kind of the only option if you, unless you wanted to go hire a dev team, learn how to build software, which, you know, as a smaller agency, there was only 20 of it. Like that wasn't really on the roadmap for us to to become side, to become a a software company. And so we built it and just through word of mouth, man, like being able to like show my carrier partners, like data and statistics that they weren't seeing from other agents and reps, 
um, I just started getting phone calls and, you know, I'm, I'm big in like IAOA and our big I and FAIA. And so people were asking like, how are you, how are you doing this? Can you come do this for our agency? And it spawned sort of like a side hustle, which was not planned whatsoever, which was Go Giles, the consulting firm. And, um, you know, simultaneously while I was running the agencies, I was starting up Go Giles on the side and it just blew up. And to me, it became very obvious that, you know, agents get a bad, we get a bad rap <laughs> in the, like, if you look at all the value and all the money and all, all the tech, it's like, I want to go to reinsurance and claims and carriers and MGAs. And then they're like, I guess we'll talk to those agent part. You know, we're kind of like the, the black sheep of the value chain <laughs> and we get a bad rap for it and not, not unfairly sometimes, but, um, you know, so the whole plan was, okay, let's, let's instill the knowledge that we learned building all of these things, you know, for other agencies and agency partners. And it went, it went fantastic. Like we ended up with 16 or 17 consultants wow. in 24 months. They were out there building, um, you know, to date we've built eight AMSs, either ones that are on the market, which we can't name, um, or propri- a lot of them were proprietary AMS systems, either on Salesforce or just full, you know, custom software builds. Some of them were for really, really large companies. Um, what does that entail? Like getting your certificate or certification through Salesforce? Or what does that look? I mean, is that what you yeah, had I mean, to do? So originally, it was all through Salesforce. And then we kind of pivoted. So we can do both. Um, with GoGiles, we ended up doing both on Salesforce and then just off Salesforce as gotcha. well. Um, but going through that process, it took me about a, a, a solid year to really learn um, how to go through and build it. It was, it was awesome learning experience. Lots of YouTube you. Uh, is what I call it. Uh, lots of just trial and error. Um, but if you're looking into that, it's a it's a great way to start. I will say, it was pretty quickly that I I hit the limitations. You know, insurance is incredibly complex. When you're talking about, especially the commercial side of insurance, when you want to get into things like forecasting, tracking coverage, market prediction, you know, really robust relationships like we do with Iris, I was hitting walls. You know, within year two. At Salesforce. So that's when we we decided to, as a team, we all got together and said, okay, we've built this thing a bunch of times now. We know what the market is asking for. We've all sat in the seat. Um, Lindsay, my CPO, is 22 years as like as a CIC insurance agent. She's beast. She is like just brilliant when it comes to coverage and risk mitigation. Um, our CTO, Craig, uh, was the former VP of Varuna. He built an AMS on Salesforce, like went through all the trials and tribulations of what to do and what not to do. So like the team is is solid and we had a lot of years of experience and we said, all right, are we going to get uncomfortable and go turn this into a, a product company where people can buy it and implement it? Like we know it's, it's possible. I see it all the time on the forums. Like none of this tech works. No one's ever going to figure it out. Insurance is too complex. It is all of those things. But I think what has never happened before because of just the age of InsurTech is we haven't had tenured, long-term, like hardened agents, brokers that that have been able to make a software pivot. And that's just because there hasn't been, you know, insurance software for very long. We're just starting to see these innovators and these InsurTech founders that do have a lot of that core experience. Cause I'm sure any of the listeners that run agencies know, like you can't just be in insurance for a year or two and then think you understand. Like I was, I mean, I was writing commercial risks that I still 15 years in 
I'm still having to call on other agents or, or loop in people that specialize in certain commercial property risks that you know I never wrote before. You can't possibly have the breadth of knowledge that you need with just dabbling in insurance. So I think right now with Iris and, and some other insure techs that I'm seeing coming onto the market, they have true knowledge behind them. There are some real insurance innovators that are moving into the tech space. I would say over the last like year or two, I've seen quite a few. And that should be really exciting to, to these agency owners and brokers and even MGAs and wholesalers. Um, like I think it feels like help is on the way, right? Like the cavalry is coming. <laughs> Just well, hang think, on a little think, bit longer. <laughs> I think people are getting in more interested in it or, or realizing that to. like, oh my God, I can delegate this or I don't have to, I don't have to hire another person. I can do use technology in this sort of way. Yeah. But just, but the thing is the technology still needs managed, right? It still needs yes, managed. So people are starting to understand as they get this tech and they're like, shit, I've got six, seven, you know, pieces of technology. How do they, how do I, one, how do I get them to talk to each other? And two, how do I get the most out of them? Oh, I don't know. So you've got this tech. And you're not sure how to use it. You still got your daily tasks and things to do as an agency owner. They probably don't have a ton of time to be able to sit there and play with the technology and try to learn it, but it's crucial. No, it is crucial. It's critical. I used to, when we did the consulting firm and I had these uh, agency owners and, and brokerages that would come to me. And the first thing I would ask them, they're like, my tech sucks. And I would say, okay, when was the last time you did an update? And when was the last time you read your release notes? Because so much of the things that the functionality they were missing in, in their software was because they weren't paying attention to all the new releases and all the new updates because it, it truly is, you know, a job like someone at the agency. And I don't necessarily think it's an owner's job. I think that there should be some type of, of liaison, but somebody that's managing that software Bingo. that is who, whose job is to do that. Um, if you're serious about technology, then th that's, you need to invest in that. And I, everybody's like, oh, tech is so expensive. And, you know, it's hard because it's hard to see how expensive you are when you're losing revenue. Like you, it's, it's like an unknown variable. Like, yes, tech is expensive, but how much are you, like, how much are you uncovering? How much revenue are you seeing because you're able to do these things in a timely manner because your overhead's sure. lower? They, it's not a, they don't like to compare it because it's difficult, but I mean, we 5X revenue in two years. Those are big numbers. Well, to, and I guess that once people, it's, I think the tough part is not getting them to try to learn it and start messing around and playing with it. Um, I think it's getting them to understand the need of it now, right? Yeah. I look at it in one, I, the, the, the one thing that all these tech companies have in common is they all do one thing for the independent agent or the channel. Gives you more time. Yeah. Gives you more time back because what? If you're if you're saying that if you're if you're putting your per hour for you as the agency owner at hundred dollars an hour, this is how much my it's costing me my time per day. Hundred dollars an hour. Okay, great. Well, if you took two hours and you saved that, you save two hundred dollars by using this piece of technology and using it the correct way. You get two hours of your day back. Guess what? That two hours getting your day back just pays for that technology itself by just understanding the time management piece of the use of the technology, right? But you hit time management. And I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now, like when I'm out talking to agency owners is, you know, there's this mass exodus of, of agents 
right now. I think the average agent age is like 51. Like if you took the average, Ooh, is it, it's going down yeah. a little bit. I had, I thought it was 52. It's 50, I think it's 50, okay. Technically I think it's like 51.4. It's it's we're, we're close. So the average age, I mean, these in the next five to 10 years, these people are going to retire. Okay. Like we don't have to guess on that anymore. What is going to happen? Like how, what is an agency doing to replace those workers? A lot of time, those workers have decades of experience, right? You, if you think that they're going to write handwrite a piece of paper and be able to hand that to the new agent and that's going to solve your problems, it's not going to happen. And the agencies that this is the main concern when we're looking out two to five years for agencies as we're planning their digital transformations. This is a major concern. And, you know, not to name any names, but have you ever tried to onboard an agency onto the incumbent technology with 72 pages of of codes in order to enter something into a data? Like it's these are unsustainable practices and they will not suffice. And that's what I think agency owners now are getting to the point where they're starting to realize, like, I can't this is not a long term um, solution for me. So we might be able to get by for the next couple of years. But when I'm out planning five years out, we need to talk about employee retention, onboarding and training, um, how your software gets people from, you know, CSR to agent and agent to operator. How do we train people in new niche businesses? And I, I love this idea of generative AI and mm-hmm. how this is coming into play and how we're looking at using it with Iris is you know, taking that like path of a new agent and bringing them up through by giving them like tools like generative AI to ask these questions to, to get these kinds of responses that, you know, typically an agent or a new agent or even a CSR would turn to in their desk and ask their senior, you know, person that they're training under one, those people are not in office anymore. Okay. So Communication is difficult. It's not like you just walk to the water cooler like you used to. But two, those people are not only are they not in your house with you anymore, they're leaving the industry in general. And so how do we get information from these people that are migrating out of and, and you know aging out or retiring? How do we get all of this knowledge into a, a system that can then be passed on to this next generation of insurance agents? And to me, that is something that I think about all the time. And it's the most exciting piece, I think, of what the, t- the tech that I'm delving into at the moment. Sure. What do you think that young agents, like what's one thing you think young agents should be paying attention to? If they're, when I say young agent, this is how I, this is how I identify them as 35 years or younger and or less than three years experience in the industry. For that specific target, 90% of my listeners, I'd say 80% of my listeners, what is something that they should be paying attention to or habits that they should be doing on the daily to make sure that they aren't behind the eight ball, whether they have buying or decision-making power inside their agencies or not, which I think is a very important topic as well, whether or not they do or do not have purchasing power, what things should they be paying attention to and, or having conversations about inside their agencies, if they are all that, if they're that cliche old male, pale and stale type of agency. Oh, male, pale and stale. (laughs) Um, So there's, there's two things they should be looking for, in my opinion, a way to jump if they're all personal lines into commercial lines. Full stop. Eventually, personal lines will be transactional. And the long-term, long-standing agencies that I know that are very successful have embraced commercial, and they find a niche that they become experts in. They know this niche back and forth. They understand how to how to place it. They know where the markets are. They understand all of the risks. They become 
you know, confidants for people in this niche and they grow it, they grow that niche and become specialized in it. And second, just because you as an agent don't have purchasing power for your agency doesn't mean that you can't utilize tools and technology internally. So a lot of the success we've seen with Iris is, you know, here's a license, adopt it internally, show, you know, use it, get ROI, and then show your superiors like, hey, I found a way to do this better. Let me show you. Instead of let's talk about it in a slide deck and we're going to get a sales pitch. Like I would rather have agents pick up Iris on a, on a user basis, which we're going to allow people to do, which is not a common practice. Show me how it works. If I was an agency owner and I had a sales rep or a group of sales reps that came to me and said, Hey, we kind of, te- we like test drove this for you. This is what we're finding. We think it's time for you to look at it. I'm listening to those people whether they think they have purchase power or not, because at the end of the day, their buy-in is key. An agency is not going to switch with their entire, you know, with their whole sales and service staff, you know, on humming about moving over again. Like these people are the sort of the, the guts of the agency. And if sure. they're, if they're finding better ways, I as an agency owner want to know about it. So I would don't, I wouldn't discourage them. You are your own boss, especially if you're in sales, like, to a degree, like you have the ability to, to do this research on your own and put these processes in place and then have them adopted at a higher level. That would be Look. my, those would be my two. What's going on, loyal listeners? It's Mitch Gibson with the MVP podcast, stopping you in the action of the podcast. Promise you that this will only take a second. Are you a local independent insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Well, look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, Their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and do what we're here to do, grow your business. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's N-B-S-B-R-O-K-E-R. AGE.com. Let them know that the folks at the Agency Intelligence Podcast Network sent you. I think it's, uh, those are freaking phenomenal. And I think adds a lot of value. But while you were saying that, it made me think about some advice maybe I could give, and maybe you can butt in on this. If you're a young agent or just a you know, a producer that you've been a producer for nine, 10 years, and you're still at the same agency and you've got this itch to build tech and build out your process and your systems, but you're not allowed to one, find another agency, find another agency because <laughs> that's not what you want to do. Right. It's obviously you've been there for nine years and nothing's changed. You're pissed. I know. Right. Yeah. Move, go move on. Same, same token though, is to understand that if I'm just now getting into insurance and I want to have that creativity or I'm your one or two and I'm with a, big massive agency i'm not going to name any names but like a big you know big 7500 to 200 300 team agency mm-hmm. just know now you'll never have the, you'll never be able to change that process and procedures because that's done by upper management so until you make it to that executive level you're not going to have any change so if you want to have that creativity you want to have that you know open mind to be able to use your young technology innovation mind I think a great fit is a smaller A type type of agency where you can potentially get your hands on some tech 
or view it and demo it and take it to your principal agency owner with a case study on why this is beneficial to your agency. Yeah. That right there, right there is a big, is is huge, especially if it's going to make you a better sales producer. It's going to make you with better activity, put more activity in the book, make more phone calls, book more appointments, whatever it might be, whether it's personal or commercial. Yep. Show them why it's important because Mike, the guys here, 65 years old, 60 years old, 55 years old, they don't care, but they want to know where their money's going. They want to know yeah. how it's going to benefit. They so think they don't put care until they together. see. They think they don't care until they see the result and then they care. And that's Correct. why I'm, I encourage agents to go out and do their own due diligence. Don't feel stuck because they, again, they think they care. They think they don't care and they don't want to change until, you know, until they have to change. I might, I, can couple, tell you, I might have just, a couple agencies that are thrown here for me saying that, but I, I know me true. too. Run, I'm like, run. <laughs> but, but I can tell you from working with a lot of the enterprise agencies as in Go Giles and building those tech stacks out, they are losing good agents hand over fist. Those companies are in crisis. Those two, 300 person agencies, a lot of them who have passed on from father to son right? Like, like they're, they're all kind of in that transition period because everybody's sort of hitting this age at the same time. And I can tell you that those companies, um, are in crisis, like keeping young agents, hungry agents, people that want to go out and, and embrace this kind of technology, they're losing them in droves, man. And those, and they're starting to scramble now. Now we're starting to get the phone calls. Okay. 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 I know we said we didn't want to spend any money on technology. But we lost 50 employees, you know, like agency owners that get ahead of that. Those poor guys that are trying to catch up now, they're two, three years behind. That's the, that's the fact, you know, they'll have to do a whole rebuild to get those people back in. So don't be that guy. (laughs) No, I I, I agree. And I think it's just, it it brings up to, I think the reason why I wanted you to tell that story of, of you, like from being CSR to, you know, CEO to. Go Giles to still doing running an agency to Salesforce to I mean you name it all of you've it. seen the, you've seen all the whole spectrum and I think that's why it's, why you're so intriguing to me because you've been you've you've seen it at those specific levels and the issues that have happened in the specific levels plus you saw it or you were into it at the beginning of its adoption right of when yeah. digital and when all this this technology started to be a thing you were on the forefront you embraced it you learned educated yourself, learn from mistakes, build relationships, and you've got Iris, right? Yeah. What the hell is It's a Iris? culmination. It's like Iris took like 18 months to get our you know version one out. And gotcha. I joke and I'm like 18 months plus 15 years because there's no possible way that we would have been able to do anything between Lindsay and, and Craig and myself without it, the decades of experience that came before. And we failed a million times at a million things before we were able to kind of get our heads around what we thought was the, the best path forward. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quick to market, right. But it's many, many decades in the making. <laughs> sure. Sure. No, no, that's, that yeah. is why I've said that. That's why it's important. Yeah. That's why these people listening and understand if you have an innovative mind, this podcast, I tell all these listeners, if you're listening to this podcast in 15 years and it's still, and I'm still talking about young agents, I'm going to question why you're still listening to this podcast. Yeah. Because you should be wanting to level up and elevate in your career. You just want to be the guy in the red shirt and khakis sitting behind your desk the whole life. That's fine. 
that's what you want to do. That's what you want to be. Great. But if you don't want that and you want more, build a vision, build a plan. That's what you guys did. You probably yeah. 15 years ago, 15 years ago, you probably didn't even have any thoughts of Iris, right? No that's thoughts. Part of no, the I didn't evolution. even know about software. I mean, like, think about the evolution of just following following the trend and and you know where it can take you. There's no limit. No. I, and I would encourage too that people that other agency owners like myself, like if this is th- you have an aptitude for this, like come on, like there that we are an open, you know, it's open season for innovation and insurance tech. Like we agents in particular, brokers, like we need a voice. We are being kind of steamrolled in this process, and we're being we're being good and given the tech that carriers think we should get and the portal that they think we should get. And we should be grateful and get our pat on the back. And I've seen recently it's invigorating this resurgence of like, Hey, we're your entire distribution model. Okay. No matter what you say, your direct to consumer rate, your 10, 10%, 90% of everything we're doing is coming through us. Like it's time for these people to invest in, in our business and, and take a little bit of the responsibility. The fact that we're responsible for pushing the entire 90% of all premium in this country is written through. Talk to them. Come on, keep it. That's a little bit going. Let's go. Like I I need, I need other agency owners to stand up and be like, no, we're not going to take this shitty software. No, we don't like this process. No, we're not going to write, you know, your business because, you know, these are the things you need to provide to us. We're part of the value chain too. Yep. I I totally, totally, totally agree with you. And quite frankly, I mean, it happens every day and it's going to continue to happen All day. every day until we kind of put a backbone in our, in ourselves and stand up for what, what we believe is, is needed. And it's, it's been yeah. needed and people keep pushing the need for that. We just all need to stand behind one another and make that happen. But enough with what other people need to do here, right? I mean, <laughs> let's talk about Iris. Yeah. I got to see this thing firsthand a couple of weeks ago. First off, I think it's unique. It's different. There's features in this that make an agency management system and and quite frankly, can blow some of those agency management systems and CRMs out of the water by just a couple of these a la carte items that come with with your as a software. With I with me not knowing extremely too much about the product, I couldn't go into a good brief description. But give us a little background on Iris. What was it created for? Why was it created? And, and, and I guess kind of where are you guys wanting to take it? Yeah. So Iris is a culmination of, like I said, 15 years of just like banging my head against the wall. Like, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. And so I think what we did is, in my opinion, a lot of what's on the market with AMS, even though it's getting like progressively better, it's still never, no one ever stopped and said, why are we doing it this way? Like, this AMS is it's a database. It does these things. It does policy. You can track premium. Da, 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 da. Cool. Next one came out. It's like slightly better. It just has a better interface. And then another one came out better, better interface. But the guts of everything is still based on a system that we used 15, 20, 30 years ago. And we've got cyber and pet insurance and We've got SEO and we've got buying habits. We've got all of this data now in 2023 and your AMS does not allow you to store that kind of data. Like if you just want to write a policy number and a person's name, and that's how you want to gauge how successful your business is or how big your ecosystem is, 
then, you know, stick with the incumbent. It's going to work fine for you. But if you want to know, like, what is Margot Giles? Like, who is Margot Giles to me? Right. In my AMS in my old AMS, I was a driver on my husband's policy. That's it. That was the value that I provided to the agency that had this, had my policy, which was my own. But when I step back and look at myself, I'm like, man, I got rental properties. I'm on the board of directors for like three different businesses. I'm, I run a charity. I've so like, what is my real reach? And, and how do, as, as an agent, if there's, if I'm looking at my agency and knowing that I'm missing all of that data about myself, what else am I missing? Which is kind of like what we decided to do. We, we kind of blew insurance out of the water and said, people are people. They have relationships either to policies or to businesses or to charities or to other people. And how do we represent those complex relationships in a way that you could look at it, understand sort of this person's influence, not just on your book and your pre and premium written, but the potential for future premium or future niche uh, markets, which is what we focused on. And I tell the story that, you know, we have construction and telecom. That was our big niche on the commercial side. And my No way. Yeah. We, we do need to talk about that, all- by the way. I do telecom as well. We need to talk do about you? that. Okay. Sorry. So, well, I do it better. I'm just kidding. Um, you probably do. I only have two accounts. <laughs> no, no, but so telecom is a great business. Everything's being buried. Broadband's like a big thing. So we write a lot of telecom and my certificate holders were my single largest opportunity. So every time I had a contractor that wanted a cert from a certain cert holder, you know, they're listed as a cert holder and I make the cert and I send it out, blah, blah, blah. But I couldn't get a way to, to really visualize how many of my subcontractors are with this cert. How do they interact? What is their overall requirements? Who, who are the people involved? How do I target that certificate holder to now become my insured and to get all of their subcontractors? So in commercial in particular, it was like, as soon as we were able to put all that data together and look at it in like a mind map view, and we were started, like, started tagging those people and those businesses for opportunities that's all we did for 5x revenue. That that is exact I didn't hire a, a, an outside sales team. We didn't buy a single lead list. We didn't cold call. All we did was look at our influence in a different way and start to realize that we had just millions of dollars in in business sitting in a spreadsheet that we couldn't connect the dots to. And well, I think that's easy to talk about spreadsheet. Yeah. You know, instead of like a diagram. Correct me if I'm wrong. Would you say that what you're referring to inside of your system, your management system here, like a, like kind of like an infographic spider web-ish type of deal? So that's exactly like, how we you know, I got business, yeah. I got, you know, ABC contracting and, you know, owner, CEO, CFO, whatever. And maybe even the CFO has got three rental properties or the. So that's CFO, we go that what three right now. It'll go three. So gotcha. three, four. So we'll be able to say like, okay. Here's the here's the construction company. Here's the CEO. The CEO is married to this person. This person gotcha. actually is the board of director for this company. And we can make three or four connections right now. That's why I mean that's why we're out raising funding, right? Because that could be limitless. And when you start pulling in just open source data, okay, let's pull in property records and infuse that into the ecosystem. Let's pull in LinkedIn profiles and let's pull in what you know just readily available data. All of a sudden, like. 
your book of business goes from being this thing that's already sold to this huge realm of possibility. And that is why that is, I think the fundamental shift we did with Iris, it, it moved away from an AMS, just being like your database into being like, okay, how do we take the data in the database and then give you actionable, like pathways to additional revenue or actionable pathways to, you know, efficiencies or whatever it is that we're doing um, in that particular price. So to me, table stakes, can my AMS hold my data? Can I store my e-docs? Can I look at commissions? Like to me, like that should have been done 20 years ago. That's table stakes. What are you doing to for the things that are coming in the next year to five years? And what does that look like? What does your tech stack look like for that? And that's kind of where we focused. I love that. I, I do because yeah. we, we we, like you said, we worry too much about the new business piece and, and the marketplace the way it's at now, right? Um, realtors, the realtors that I get business referred to don't seem to be slowing down a ton, um, especially the mortgage brokers. Uh, it seems like it's starting to pick up quite pick a up bit, again. Honestly, yeah, we've which, seen is, that which too. is great. I love that. But but the thing that you always forget about is oh, I'm so focused on writing that new piece of business that I forget if I don't have a strong renewal process or not one at all, forget to follow up with them 45 days out and ask them a key question of maybe you don't know where they work. Maybe where do you work at? What do you do? Yeah. The X, Y, Z is of getting those referrals um, and getting those warm leads becomes easy, even more of an easier ecosystem inside of Iris. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. And we, we talk about it because my mom is actually an agent in Florida and she works for our agency. And we joke okay. about all the time because my mother literally knows we have, you know, five, 6,000 different commercial policyholders. She knows all of them. She's like, Oh, that's Todd. And he has this, and he's married to this, but you know, this kid does this. <laughs> and I joke all the time. I'm like, what am I going to, cause she's you know getting ready to retire. I'm like, sure. Oh my God, what are we going to do when she retires? I need to download her brain into some, some way so that we can understand as well as she does the personal and connections that she has to these policyholders. It's, it's invaluable. Sometimes they'll call up and they go, don't, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to talk to Melissa. That's and, awesome. and they're, and they're that, but that is anybody that's been in insurance for a really long time knows how valuable that is and understands that in my opinion, the best way to keep the gravy chain rolling is referral, 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 do a good job, ask for a referral, do a good job, ask for a referral. It, it, you can spend and look lead list work. I've used them cold call stuff. It can work, but it will never work as well as mining relationships with the people that already love you and do business. with you. Well, the thing too, that that's, so as I, a couple opportunities to speak this, this year, um, one that one I'm speaking in Arkansas, the PIA of Arkansas talking about five pillars of young agent success. One of my pillars of young agent success has been crucial to mine. And I think it still will be no matter what age you are. And for the future of your career is your community that that right there is freaking gold because your mm -hmm. mom knowing 5,000 customers, your mom, even knowing 2,500 customers is important. I want to talk to yeah. that, you know, talk to Melissa. I want to talk to this. And, and, and I don't want to get off the beaten path of, of, of those agencies who use virtual employees, virtual assistants for specific have tasks. Nothing right? for, if we do it for service-based tasks, it's, it's helpful, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. But when someone calls and they want to speak to Margo or they want to speak to Mitch or they want to speak to Melissa, the, the three M's, 
don't know how that just happened. <laughs> that means your agency is winning, in my opinion, yeah. because they feel yeah. they've got that one-on-one connection with whether it's a CSR or whether it's the agent. Or you guys have done a really good job of making sure that that customer knows, hey, if you have this issue, if you have this billing question, if you've got this certificate, this, needed, call. Yep. this is what you do. The onboarding and the training of a new customer is highly, highly important for that specific reason. Then you do a good job. Then you ask for that referral ongoing and ongoing. Community is huge. And I don't want any young agent or any agent out in the world to ever forget about that. Yeah, it really don't is. Ever it's, forget about it. it's not the only way you can make money. You know, there are agencies out there that that really <laughs> lean into transactional. I've written, I've done a lot of work on um, tech for some that are just like, you know, liability only auto shop, like just quick, you know, quick turn and burn. And you can make money that way. I I think it's going to be more difficult as direct consumer comes to the market and you're going to be competing with a lot of the progressives that can spend, outspend you a hundred times over to win that non-connected business. I think if I was going to start a new agency right now, I would focus on that core community and I would let some of those, you know, that transactional business go. In my opinion, I, I don't. I, I'm not going to be able to outspend Geico and Progressive. It's just, no, but, it's not going to happen. But, but the value of what you just said with your mom knowing those clients again, yeah, claims. Oh we, God, we forget yeah. why we're agents. We forget why we sell insurance, right? What's the claims experience like? You talked about those yeah. other two names, the Progressives, the Geicos of the world, right? There's a great place for them and a great time to use them. But what's the experience like for the customer? You know, and it goes hand in hand with what is your agency experience like for your employees, right? And it all starts with your agency management. Yeah. Are they getting badgered because claims being handled poorly and no one's calling them back and they're getting screamed at? I mean, imagine that, you know, property for sure. Because, you know, we've had, I've had a very close friend of mine whose home burned down on 4th of July for a fireworks mm-hmm. accident, burned to the ground, we lost the whole thing. Three in the morning, we're getting a phone call. Like that is, we forget a lot about that. That was devastating. That was traumatic. That was awful for that person. And to be able to have somebody to call at 3am that shows up, that is like, I've got it. Let me take care of it. Um, you know, it's, it's invaluable, but when it, when you get to that next level two, you're talking about business, you're talking about pollution policies and ecological disasters and, you know, big businesses that affect thousands of employees. If things go wrong, like, there's a real responsibility in that. And so those types of policies, in my opinion, those types of relationships, they take years to forge and they're very hard to break if done correctly. No one's going to BOR, you know, my $2 million trucking policy. It's not going to happen, you know? So if 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 you're looking- Because of why? Well, because because of all the things I do for that. You know what I mean? Like because of the relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's the relationship. They're not, and and when you get into premiums like that, first of all, those people aren't shopping. They're not online shopping. Okay, they're not. They're busy, and it's like a whole committee of people. So I would tell agents like if you're if you want to take that path and you don't want to go transactional and you want to break into niche or commercial, you can't do it without focusing on that relationship piece. Bingo. Yeah, bingo was his name, oh, and I couldn't agree with you. <laughs> couldn't agree with you more. My community means everything to me. But that's also yeah. part of me living, growing up here and people knowing our name and whatnot. But this, that is a huge pillar of, of what, what's given me the opportunity to get platform to have success at a young, 
young age, and, and I encourage every young agent to do the same thing. Iris, yeah. back on track with Iris for just two more seconds here. Um, I, know, I respect I your time. Track. I'm very, <laughs> it's, it's called ADHD for me too. So <laughs> with that being said, how can people learn more about it? One, but two, what would you suggest they do to learn more about it? I know we always say, hey, go to this website, go to this website. You like having a conversation. You've probably got a team that likes yeah. to have talk to people about it. What can the independent channel do for you guys um, and to learn more out, learn more about Iris and to distribute it or put it, put some more stuff out there for you guys? I mean, right now for us, we want people hands-on. We're, we're, we're opening, our, I told you earlier, we're opening our beta program. The goal of the beta program is to get this in front of as many agents as possible so that we can iterate as quickly as possible. I want to know, hey, this relationship here would be great if it did X, Y, Z. I want to know, hey, you know, we need integrated whatever. Like, I want people like telling us our baby is ugly and not a lot of people want to do that. But I, I don't think there's any way that we'll get to the to the AMS peak where we can crush legacy yeah, without, like I yep. said, without us coming together and making like decided points like this is what we all need. and I need to know that information. So um, on the website. I'll, I'll send you a link to, to, to the beta page. You sign up for it. We're giving away three licenses for one year per agency, but, and I'm going to cut it off. You know, I'm going to have a cutoff. So please hurry. Sure, <laughs> because sure. we had a lot of interest with the beta program. Um, and that way just gets you access to it early. And then I, if you want to LinkedIn me or Facebook me, I will always talk to agent and agency owners about what they can do if you have questions about your tech stack that are not iris related like whatever i'm you know just message me i'm always on online <laughs> guys don't 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 we're in a everything we do in life is is competition it's competitive yeah. life is a competitive market okay it's okay to call her and talk to her about the alternatives maybe that you currently have things that you don't have maybe things that you've been asked yep. to maybe use or try out agency management system wise She's not going to sit there and hone you down your throat about it. She just wants to have a conversation. And I put it, there was an article that came out recently here locally. And I said something in the article um, about don't push something or somebody away that you may right. not think is interesting until you have a conversation first, because you never know what the value add could be for you back. That could also be the change of your life, just like the way and I we've, viewed the independent insurance agent channel. At first. Yeah, we've, we've used, I've used every system on the market. Like I said, we've had all the big ones we've had the small ones we've, we've tried pretty much all of them i'm happy to answer questions there's plenty of they do plenty of wonderful things i hate I hate to say that because we'll have such a negative view of all these companies but iris is not going to work like it's not going to work for everybody it's ridiculous to think that we're not the only game in town there are going to be needs that you'll need that you might not be able to find at iris but that's fine um i'm happy to have those conversations and be very open about who i think like i said relationship focused, commercial focused, you want to get into commercial, you're developing a niche. These are the people I think are great virus. If you need, you know, if you're personal lines and you're just growing and that's your focus, better agency, you know, Hawksoft, like there are other, uh, there are other options and I'm friends with all those guys. So. And that's what I was um, getting at was like, <laughs> you, it, it, it's okay because, you know, a lot of these, just like me with other agents, like I don't ever compete with anybody within a 25 mile radius yeah. here in my town. I really, just, I just don't, but I have friends with all of them. I like all yeah. of them because you never like know when each other can help each other. And and everybody's yeah. got their power. Everybody's got their pluses. So always understand that's a competitive market, but we're all friends. We're all here to help each other. And the main focus is to 
be able to put technology in the independent agent channel in the agent's hands to be able to succeed and write more business. And because guess what? She was an agent at one point in time. She's not just doing this as a money grab. She's doing it because she needed and she needed to fix a problem that they were having. And that problem ended up being problems that other people have had as well. So finding resolutions to the yes. problems to succeed. Love that. Still having those problems. Still having those problems. Still will. <laughs> you will. You, you, you mm-hmm. consistently will as things evolve. Margot, other than kind of throwing things out there, laying it out on the land of as far as how people can get in contact with you, floor is yours for a few minutes, a few seconds. Anything that you want to say, any advice that you have, anything to finalize the episode here, it's all on yours. So here's the key for, for 20, 20 or for two minutes or so. Yeah, no, my my message is not going to be about Iris, much to everybody's chagrin, I'm sure, on the marketing department. But I really do want to encourage agents to um, get back to that idea that we had about, you know, switching the mindset from technology is hard, technology is bad, technology doesn't work, and starting to shift that focus back and ask yourself some more questions like, how can I how can I make this technology better? Can I get in touch with product teams? Can I voice my needs? Can we organize? Like that is what we need to push everything forward. Join beta programs like mine. There are other ones out there that need users. You know, ask ask for what you need. And my second opinion would be to stop being taken advantage of. Like stop paying an obscene amount of money or for software that doesn't work. Stop sitting in an agency that doesn't value the same values that you have. Like you don't have to do those things. I know they're comfortable and I know they're safe and I know they make you feel good. But if you're waking up every morning and you're miserable because of where you work or how you work, you can change that. And only when we all decide to change it, (laughs) does it actually happen? So, you know, make a call, make the first step, go out, do something that's out of the comfort zone today. And I promise if we all start doing that, embrace that, that mindset, I'm not going to need to sell Iris because it's just, it's just going to happen and other irises are going to be born too. So that would be my pitch, my final pitch. To I everybody. love it. No, I appreciate yeah. that very, very greatly. Margo and I preach sister preach. I, I, I don't think we can say it enough as many times as we can get it in people's heads to you know, be forward thinking great things that they want to create that they think are going to win, whether or not it fails or not. That's part of winning. You fail. If you don't fail, you don't win. Um, mm-hmm. and the fail, our greatest mm-hmm. failures become our greatest successes. So Keep your head up, stay focused. Uh, Margo, best way to people get in contact with you. You said LinkedIn's a great way. Any other way? LinkedIn is the is my preferred. Um, I'm always available. I will connect. Find me on LinkedIn. And then um, goiris.com. I-R-Y-S. Goiris.com. Goiris. G-O-I-R-Y-S.com. Share a message on LinkedIn. Uh, just take a look at it. See, see if you can give her some advice. Kick, kick some uh, good and or bad ideas that may have things that you don't like, things that suck, things that are pretty, things that aren't. Um, it's okay to be honest. People, people like Margo who like to win, love, love good criticism back, even if it's not good. So Margo, I appreciate yeah. your time, your efforts, your energy. Won't be the last time you see her or talk to her or hear her on this show. Possibly at um, Indie Tech, right? We might be at Indie we're Tech. We're going to be getting that. We are going to be getting that taken care of here really, really soon. So Indie Tech's gonna be a great opportunity to see the probably the thing first first in hand for the first time, probably mm-hmm. a lot of you agents here listening in person. So if you want to learn more about this product and see if it could be beneficial to you and, or if you're just going to thinking about jumping off the deep end, starting your own agency and you text the place to be. So Margo, Margo Giles, Mitch Gibson. I appreciate every single one of you listening. Always remember that you Thanks, can guys. make a difference. Take care.
Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.